0: your property podcast comes to you with thanks to our friends at trafalgar square finance leading independent specialists in mortgages and all types of property finance whether it's buy to let development or bridging finance trafalgar square can help you organize your funding for your next property project exclusively to listeners of your property podcast Trafalgar Square offer a free one to one consultation. So, whether you are a portfolio landlord looking to raise funds on your existing portfolio, or if you're just starting out and want to find out if you are eligible for a buy to let mortgage, Trafalgar Square Finance can help. It's easy to book with one of their experienced consultants by simply visiting yourpropertynetwork.co.uk forward slash finance. You can find this link in the show notes. For more details. Hello and welcome to your property podcast. My name is Michelle Cairns And with us today, we've got Simon Zucchi from Property Investors Network. Hi, Simon.
1: Hi, Michelle. Delighted
0: to be here today. Well, it's great to have you on, and uh it's you know abs- really good timing actually to have you on because obviously, uh, you know, we were just talking before about the you know what's going on with the market, what's going on with the economy, and you know, a lot of people are pretty nervous at the moment recording this on 31st of August twenty twenty two. And there is lots in the news about the rising cost of living, inflation, um, fuel prices, just, you know, all sorts going on at the moment. And, um, and people who are interested in property investing uh, perhaps are a bit nervous or uncertain and thinking, well, should I wait and see what happens? Um, yeah. Or should I just, you know, carry on and, uh, and buy now or secure, current on securing deals? So what is your opinion
1: Okay, well, I mean, we've got to keep it quite short. We could talk for hours about this, but let me give you a really few quick short points to think about. So first of all, let's talk about cost of living. Cost of living is ridiculous at the moment. I mean, I think the official figure at the time we record this, something like 10.1%, but I don't know about you. I think it's far more than that. If, you go, if you've if you been to a supermarket recently, shopping has gone up massively. Uh, if you go to the petrol pumps, fuel's gone up. And recently we've heard the announcement that, that fuel prices sorry energy prices are set to go up 80 percent that is going to cause a real problem for many homeowners who are already struggling to pay for everything um for us as landlords who sometimes include the bills that's something we we need to talk about later on as well um and this is just gonna cause more and more of a recession a recession is where you have very high inflation obviously interest rates often put up to control that And what happens is because people are spending so much on the cost of living, they don't have as much disposable income, which means they don't have as much money to spend with businesses on products and services. So businesses get, less income coming in, they, you know, less sales, they contract, they sometimes have to make people unemployed. Um, that means people can't afford to pay their mortgages, they can't afford their rent. And it's this downward spiral that happens in a recession that we are absolutely going towards. And I don't want to be a, a doom and gloom merchant, but we have to wake up and smell the coffee and realise what's actually happening in the country right now. So it is a scary time for many people. Um, but Michelle, actually, you know what, we were talking earlier, I think this, this will be a real wake-up call in the back in back in COVID, when lots of people made were put on furlough or people lost their jobs or people's businesses just disappeared overnight, I think a lot of people woke up and realised that actually having just one income stream, i.e., your job or a business, in today's day and age, isn't secure enough. Anything could happen, like a COVID. And this two years on, we're having this second kind of wake up call because of recession and things are going to get difficult. for Many people. You know, how many more messages do people need that really they need to get some financial independence in place? They need to have multiple streams of income coming in so that if something happens to you or something beyond your control happens in the economy, it's not going to wipe you out.
0: Yeah, I I completely agree. I mean, there's plenty of incoming messages from all sorts of, you know, the news and. And everywhere you look, we're getting bombarded with uh, with the doom and gloom. And obviously what we're about in you know property education world, YPN, it's you know, it's all about what you can do about it. And as you say there, it's about having those multiple streams, you know, different incomes there through the property. Um and and just empowering yourself to be in control of your own financial situation. So um mean? I mean, where do people start then if they are okay. But what, so what are good strategies to be looking at in this market? Well,
1: so just a couple more things. Let's talk about the market first. Then we'll talk about a specific strategy, if that's OK. And so what does this mean for the market? OK, so we've got maybe some homeowners won't be able to afford their mortgages. They might have to sell their properties. That's one thing that happened certainly in the last recession, which was back in 2009. And because interest rates are going up, I mean, you know, we both have lots of properties, Michelle. We are feeling the effects of increased interest rates means less cash flow on our properties. I believe there are lots and lots of landlords. And certainly because I run the Property Investors Network, you know, we're 50 metres around the country at a grassroots level, we are seeing more and more landlords are thinking about selling up and retiring early. Now, in any industry, you always have some people who are are just new who are coming into an industry. You always have some people who have been in for a long time, they're exiting and retiring. But we're seeing more and more landlords retire. For this reason, I'll tell you the the impact in a moment. So with with interest rates going up, people are making less profits. I'm actually remortgaging some of my properties at the moment. So I'm fixing my So I'm taking cash out fixing my interest rates to take away some of that risk. That's one thing people can actually do if you've already got properties. And I can't give you financial advice, but I've been saying this to all my clients for the last six months. Guys, it's time to look at your properties. And if you want to remortgage, lock things in, I suggest you do that. Obviously, when you do that, take equity out if you can, because then you've got cash available to spend on acquiring more properties. So um, I think we're going to see more landlords who are saying, well, hang on, I'm making less money. And there's all this legislation coming in, like we know about EPC certificates, energy performance certificates, that by 2025, you have to have a C rating. And many people have to spend money on their properties to get it up to a C rating. We've just heard about the abolition of Section 21, which is how we get bad tenants out. We can obviously use Section 8 still, but things are changing. And I think a lot of landlords are saying, hey, look, I'm not making the money I used to make. It's not as easy as it used to be. And by the way, I've just had amazing capital growth over the last 10, 12 years. I think I might retire early. So they're looking to sell up, take some of their money out, um, and and that is an opportunity. Now, if we get a lot of landlords putting their properties on the market, what's that gonna do to supply and demand? Now we've got to remember that in the UK, we live on an island with a limited amount of accommodation and an increasing population. So over the long term, you've probably said that lots, Michelle, right? Yeah. But over the long term. That's why property prices go up here in the UK. Now, they don't always go up. It's a market. They go up, they come down, it's cyclical, But the long-term trend is up. But if lots of landlords put their properties on the market, there might be a period of time where there is a little bit of an oversupply, especially if people think prices are high and they're uncertain about the economy. So people the demand might slow down, which means we might see a tip in prices. Now, a, a correction in prices. I don't think that we're gonna see a big crash. You know, Some people expect to have a huge crash. I don't think that's gonna be the case, but I might be wrong, I have no idea. But here's the important point I want everyone to understand on this podcast. And that is that many of the long-term experienced landlords who've had properties 15, 20 years, they remember what happened in 2008 too. They remember the crash in prices, which was up to 30% in some areas. And I think some of those landlords will be fearful that if they don't get rid of their properties now and they might even prepare to pay a discount now, just so they get a sale secured, they might not want to um you know, they might want to take a big hit and so they want to want to get rid of them. So I I think. For those of us who are ready, there's going to be some amazing opportunities Uh, when everyone else is panicking and running for the hills, which is what happened in 2008, 2009. Those of us who are actively investing and we were running mastermind in those days, not just investing myself, but teaching other people. It was difficult times. We guided our students through that. And the people who bought property then have done phenomenally well. And I think that opportunity is going to come up again.
0: Yeah. And it's all about you know finding solutions to these problems and there are a lot of problems there's a lot of big problems you know heading our way so it's all about being creative and you know working with landlords as well so that you know we can get a win-win so that they you know they don't lose out and also we can create a you know a scenario that works for us as well so it's I think it's really important to make sure that uh, as you say Simon you know we're not kind of taking on other people's problems we want to be solving them right
1: someone someone else's problem can be an opportunity for us and you know it's all about understanding and and sometimes people say oh, i don't understand why someone would do with something like an option or rent to rent why would this be?" well you've got to put yourself in their shoes see it from their point of view and understand where they're coming from what are their challenges very often people people might have a property which if it was run properly would be very profitable but the way they're running it maybe because they're a distant land landlord or it just needs a bit of work doing to it they've not done the work or they've had bad tenants badly or they have just lost they've fallen out of love with the property for whatever reason it's not being managed and rented properly that's not optimizing the income we can come in we can find that property we can uh, take it on and we can make a margin, whether it's rent to rent or purchase options, you know, by helping other people solve their problems, giving them what they want, they're far more likely to give us what we want. So some of the strategies I think are going to be very powerful moving forward for the next few years. Vendor finance, where we can buy a property, the vendor helps us fund it if they just want to get it out their name. Purchase lease options. And if, if someone's got a portfolio of property, If they try and sell it all in one go, they're going to pay a lot of extra tax. If they can phase the sales over a number of years, so one or two a year, they'll reduce the amount of capital gains tax they have by using their personal capital gains tax allowance. So that's a perfect reason why a landlord might say, hey, yeah, I'm happy to sell them over a number of years on options, but you know what, I don't want the hassle. So we can take on the hassle. They can go and sit on a beach and retire if they want, and we can take away the problem for them.
0: Yeah, I think this really applies to landlords who, whether they're reaching retirement age or for whatever reason they're thinking of selling in the next five or six years. Yeah, you know, as you said earlier, you know, all of these issues that come about might might force them to kind of look at get rid of it early. But also, if they don't have the money to to do it up as well, so yeah. you know, it, because if you know the investment that you might need, you know, on a on a bigger property, HMO, you know, talking tens of thousands of pounds, and if yes. they're not, the return in that short period, um, then there's no point in them actually. Do yeah it? actually they don't other than that, they don't need to sell. It's not like they need the cash for something else. So um. and, and this
1: is this is the two points I want to make here, Michelle. Uh, thinking about options in particular. Um a lot of people struggle to get their head around why on earth would someone agree to do this option. And also a uh, mistake that many people who, who've heard about options, they try and do an option on every deal and options amazing in the right circumstance. And you you nailed it when you just said, you're looking for people who don't really need the money. Now, if they did sell a property, they'd probably just put the money in the bank. And guess what, as we know at the moment, because of inflation so high, anyone who puts money in the bank, they're literally losing money hand over fist. So what we're giving them is a better solution than selling and putting the money in the bank. Because if they sold, they'd lose all the income from that property. Whereas if we do an option, we take it on, we take away the hassle and we still give them a, a payment often often enough to cover the mortgage maybe some profit still so they're getting income from a property which they wouldn't get if they sold someone else looking after property and actually in some cases us even doing up and adding value to the property that they still own i mean in the right circumstances it's a bit of a no-brainer in fact i've had landlords say to me Simon, that sounds too good to be true. What's the catch? I said, no, there is no catch that I want to make money. You're going to make money. This is a win win for everyone. So the first thing is you've got to really get your head around that. And I know, Michelle, we were talking previously about one of the deals you've done. And it'd be great if why don't I interview you? Let's turn this around. I'll interview you on the podcast if, if that's OK and, and talk to you about that and try and pull out some of the key learnings So they really get this and understand this. Um, and, and then also recognise it's got to be the right time. So I know you've done one of you've done a few options, but one of the ones you haven't you got a ten bed licensed HMO in an Article Four area that you've picked up on an option, haven't you?
0: I, I did. Yes, <laughs> sounds a let's lot. Just, to
1: <laughs> so let's think about it, let's just just say this, guys: a ten bed HMO. Fully licensed in an Article 4. A lot of people say, oh, you can't do Article 4. Well, yes, you can, because guess what? If you pick up a property that's already licensed, yeah. you've got certificate of lawfulness or the planning permission in place, and you can absolutely do it. So, Michelle, how did you find this deal?
0: Uh, so this deal, I actually had another property on the same street and I work with lots of um, people in my area who are also, you know, looking at rent to rents and lease options and, and looking for deals. And uh, one of my, you know, one of my friends, really, he just said to me, well, I've got too many on at the moment. Um, you know, I can't do them all. Do you want to have a look at this one? I said, Sure, yeah, sure. I'll go and have a look at it. But to be honest, 10 bedrooms, the, the idea of a 10 bed HMO at the time was really scary. And I thought, oh, you know, I, I'm not sure if this is for me. I'm not even <laughs> sure this can work. Okay, as a student property where you've got two groups who already know each other, maybe. Yeah. Um, but professionals, I thought, you know, oh, are professionals going to want to live in a 10-bed HMO? Well, I was I was quite skeptical, but I just thought, oh, I'll go along and I'll see. And, you know, we'll see what happens. So yeah, I went along and um, spoke to the owner. So it was, it was actually presented to me as a rent-to-rent deal.
1: Michelle, I want, to, I want to interrupt you here, okay? I want to make this point. And, and I don't want to upset people who are doing rent-to-rent, but I want to help you. If you're doing rent-to-rent, please listen very carefully. I think rent-to-rent can be an amazing strategy, especially if you're starting out with a great job. But even I know some very experienced investors who do rent-to-rent because they well, I don't have to get a mortgage. I don't have to put a lot of money in. I'm going to do rent-to-rent. So rent-to-rent can work for everyone, right? But here's the biggest problem with people doing rent-to-rent. They just think rent to rent. And often they're doing it because they might have run out of their own deposit money. think, I've got to do rent to rent. And they, they, they forget that there are all these other strategies they could use. Look, if it's a really good deal and someone wants to sell, even if you don't have the money, if it's a good enough deal, you could join venture. Someone else could put the money in, you do the work. And as well as getting some of the cash flow, you get the equity growth as well. So you could do that. Or, as we said, a purchase lease option. And some people who rent, to, they're so focused on rent to rent, They don't really think bigger than that. And they probably miss a huge number of options, which maybe your friends maybe kicked himself because (laughs) this could have been an option that he could have done, maybe.
0: Absolutely, it could have been. And I'm sure he is kicking himself about it now. And, you know, it needed a lot of work doing to it as well, which was money, money that I didn't have at the time. And I was, funny enough, because I'd done rent to rent in the past as well. And I had never, you know, at the beginning, I didn't know about purchase lease options and it was I was actually got this deal when I was on mastermind with yourself yes I know. yeah and um and so it was all about you know being creative how can we find a way to do these type of deals so um so yeah even even the refurbishment which needed about 30k of of my money I found an investor to work with on this so it's not like I even uh, had the money you know like just sitting around waiting for deals like this I had to make it happen somehow and um and obviously borrowed that from from an investor to make uh to do the refurbishment so you've
1: heard, you've heard me say many times on mastermind michelle that if you have a good deal you'll find the money to fund it right yeah and this sounds good. so let, let's talk through the figures so everyone can get a really good understanding of this so ten but hmo so someone else found it they they literally had too many deals to do themselves they were just thinking rent to rent they passed on did you pay a finder's fee to them for this yes
0: yeah, so i paid three thousand pounds
1: yeah which is which is a very reasonable finder's fee for for a good deal so that's fine and let's let's try and help everyone understand what were the circumstances of the seller well why why did they why weren't they making lots of money from this themselves
0: uh, well, they'd uh, it'd been in the family, you know, the house for years, and they'd run it as a student HMO, which is important because, uh, you know, it worked, you know, years ago as a student HMO. It's just almost a stone's throw from the university. Um, so it had worked for many, many years, full occupancy, and then the last couple of years, so it was more difficult to find uh, student tenants and yeah. and they had to kind of suffer a few voids and have uh, have empty rooms just to kind of cover the bills uh, and it was just getting more hassle for them as well they were getting older and they didn't want to be doing it they'd moved away as well um, and relied on an agent and it just it, it wasn't working for them anymore so yeah. I want to help
1: everyone who's watching this and, and this is a trend throughout the UK in many university cities there is now too much student accommodation And you get landlords who've only ever done student accommodation and it's worked for years and years. And then as as a more and more accommodation kind of pops to these new big purpose built buildings or whatever it might be, or more parents buying properties for their kids, there's more and more accommodation available. And sometimes accommodation that is either too far out from the university or not quite a good enough standard, it's then very hard to rent. So that sounds like exactly what's happened with this person.
0: Yeah it really was the um it was just very tired it was full of magnolia walls and uh, um you know the <laughs> uh, pine furniture and do you know what it was decent from ikea decent pe- furniture but it was just pine very boring and very it was the, yeah, yeah brown carpets like just a bit um, the bathrooms, you know, with like the um, shower screens over like the curtains. And it really, yeah. really dated. The kitchen, again, uh, it certainly wasn't up to professional students, stand- sorry, professional standards in terms of, you know, uh, what we learn as, uh, you know, you know, in the property education world is all about being the best in your, uh, you know, your niche area. You want to be you, you yeah. competing with everyone else is just doing average properties. And I thought, you know, if I'm going to do this, this has to work it has to be the best house the best house share in chester you know (laughs) um uh, and that's what we're constantly striving for so that we can um provide a great tenant service for the tenants so so um, so when
1: when you do a purchase up there are are some things you need to know so you agree you agree how much you're going to buy this house for and how long you've got to. so what was the the purchase price you agreed on the property
0: Uh, So we got an independent risk surveyor to come out and value it and they came and we actually paid for uh, jointly for that. So it was one valuation. Independent, we paid half for that and that was £350,000. Remember, this is important, it was empty at that point. So they valued it as an empty student tired property.
1: Okay. So that's, that's in your favor, down value, yes, which is great. Okay. And then there's an option. Period. So we 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 enter into an option. We have a right to buy a property for a period of time and we can buy any time in that time period. So how long did you have to buy the property if you want to? You don't have to, but if you want to, how long have you got?
0: Yeah. So it was five years and um, you, you, know, you mentioned a good point. There's the option to buy. You don't have to. And I think sometimes that's Uh, a potential issue for vendors and they kind of think well how you know what if you don't buy it so there was a lot of conversation with them about that and how um well first of all the contract can be assignable so if for any reason I couldn't or didn't want to for some unforeseen reason um I couldn't buy it then I could assign it to another investor yeah so that's you know more certainty for them and also the fact that we're spending hard-earned cash on the property know we're increasing the value just by doing the refurbishment uh that will lead naturally to an increase in rent so because of the it's being a 10 bed it should be valued on a um certainly a commercial or hybrid um valuation so it should be worth more so you'd absolutely be crazy not to buy it in the future because it it should be worth more and obviously hopefully you've got the capital appreciation as well yes
1: So in other words, what you're saying is that, and and you're right, sometimes the the fact that you don't have to buy is a real concern for the seller because they don't want the they want to get rid of it, right? So, and and you've obviously listened to what we taught you really well about, you know, saying, look, I'm investing all this money. I wouldn't be doing that if I didn't intend to buy, because if I don't buy, I've just added value to your property and got no benefit from it. Now, you have got a benefit because you've got the rental income over the five years, which we'll come to in a moment. Um, but still, that's a great way of, of justifying it to the owner. And look, some properties you take on and there's not a lot of work to do. Sometimes there is a lot of work. So how much did you, I know you said you used an investor's money for this, but how much did you have to spend on, on, on on the work?
0: Yeah, so it was about thirty thousand pounds. Um so it was new kitchen, new bathroom, two new bathrooms. Um there was we actually put an, another bathroom in under the stairs. uh yeah. that was later on once um once we had some cash flow coming through. Yeah. So um yeah new carpets new furniture uh you know a lot of the Costs were leased. So the uh, the furniture, for example, we didn't have to have the upfront cost. We financed a lot of them. A lot yeah. of it. So and it
1: comes out of the cash flow from it the Came economy, out of yeah.
0: the cash flow, absolutely. So the, forever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, the owners actually put in six thousand of their own uh money yeah. to get us, you know, to contribute to get it going as well. Um so yeah, it was That's great. Yeah.
1: Um, good and then so
0: and so how much does
1: it how much does the actual rental income does it bring in for you and and then what's the how and also that you pay a monthly fee to the owner so how much the owner first of all
0: so thankfully on this one it works well because they didn't have a mortgage on it so um, we were able to negotiate now uh, because, because as i said at the beginning the 10 rooms i was quite apprehensive about um uh, you know about doing the figures on 10 rooms because i thought well we're not going to have full occupancy all the time i just couldn't yeah. imagine it you know um yeah. it was definitely a limiting belief of mine simon um <laughs> and two of the rooms were you know just in the legal limit 6.52 or whatever it is Yeah, um, yeah. So what kind of box rooms um you know the, we were able to let them out but i thought you know what they're going to be really difficult to to let out yeah. So as a sort of negotiation point, I worked on the basis of eight double rooms and, yep. then, uh, you know, allowed for kind of flexibility on those two. Other yeah. so, I uh, think
1: that's that's very sensible. Rather than trying to fudge the figures and make it work, you're, you're being realistic, saying, look, we're, we're, these eight, we're going to rent quite well, but these two, we may not rent so well. And so that's a bit of extra profit for you, isn't it? I guess.
0: Exactly. And obviously we had the, uh, the cost of doing the refurbish as well. So we agreed £1,500. Yeah. And that, were, that works out if we were to get a mortgage now on the property, that works out about the same. So um, thankfully, they didn't have a mortgage to cover, but, yeah. you know, it all depends on, you know, everyone's different. Only some so big, big mortgages and small ones. So,
1: There's a really important point I want to get everyone understands. understand as well about options. So if, if that person had sold the property for 350, they'd get that money, put it in the bank, pay a bit of tax, put it in the bank and get pretty much bugger all on it. But this way, they're getting three hundred and fifty plus for the next five years. They're getting fifteen. So getting eighteen thousand a month. Uh, sorry, a year. Sorry, eighteen thousand a year, which is a lot more than they'd get in the bank, obviously. Yeah. Getting for five years. So, in fact, they're actually getting a lot more than three hundred and fifty if they sold the property right now. So, that's a massive reason why that works for them, right?
0: Yeah, if we were to do the maths, right? So, three hundred and fifty they're locking in, and yeah. they're getting the. Uh go on to the massive fifteen hundred. I'm just trying
1: to do it on my phone here. So eighteen thousand. I can't not fast. Eighteen eighteen thousand times five is an extra ninety thousand. So really a property that's worth three fifty and it's in a tired state, they're actually getting four hundred and forty for it, even though they're not getting all the cash now. They're just prepared to wait for it.
0: Yeah, and that's really important that I, you know, I did say that to, that to them at the time when we were talking about it. And I said, actually, you know, the most that you'll get is, you know, this um, 400, what did you say? It was 440,000,
1: 440,
0: 440, 440, um, yeah. which, you know, is amazing. They're getting more for it than they ever would sell it. And really important as well, when they, uh, if they were to just sell the property and live off the, you know, the cash, that they, you know, of the sale price, they'd be eating into that every month. So yeah. after five years, it would be worth, you know, there wouldn't be much left off from that if they were using it from for the retirement. So actually they're yeah. getting their income secured for the next couple of years.
1: So this has been a great example, Michelle, of how when we find someone in the right circumstance, and, and as I said earlier, purchase options, they don't work all the time. But in this circumstance, this is a great solution for the owner and a great solution for you. And obviously you you rent it out, you got to pay the bills and that kind of thing and, and management, etc. So after all of the costs, how much are you making each month from this 10 bed property?
0: Well, at the moment, obviously the bills are yet to kind of be increased on that one for uh, for the for they're yes. going up. But at the moment it's fourteen hundred. Uh yeah. fourteen hundred a month. And then, a month
1: yeah. Which is I mean <laughs> amazing, right? And and yeah, here's, here's an important point. Yeah, bills are all going up, but guess what? Bills are going up for every landlord yeah. who's got a it. Later. So it's not like your disadvantaged to any every landlord's in the same boat. We're gonna see rents going up because of this. Now there is a certain cap. You know, there's an affordability thing, but I think tenants will start to realize if they were living elsewhere, it's going to be the same. All landers is going to put the rents up. And also if they're living in a, a studio or an apartment on their own, they'd be paying a lot more because they'd be have to pay their own bills. So I think you can negotiate with your tenants and put the rent up a little bit, maybe get them to think more about using the energy efficiently, etc. But the key here is you want to do properties that have got plenty of profit. So when things like energy costs come up, you've actually got money to pay for that and you're still making money.
0: Yeah, that's true. And obviously we negotiated that buffer for the the, the two small rooms as well. Yeah. And there are things that you can do, you know, yes, it might it might be less. But, you know, in comparison, I was uh, teach it. Um, you know my past life before property was teaching and you know that was a monthly salary for me 1400 pounds yeah. so one know, property. that's great property um so and i think people just you know become creative whether that's installing software to manage the heating systems um you, you know not just choosing tenants who don't work from home is an easy one. Yes, uh, You know, they're out all day. It's no good if they're all at home all day, you know, using the electricity. And, you know, that's your yeah. choice, who you choose to, you know, to give the room to. And there's certainly lots of demand. And also, you know, where people... Um, or would normally go for a flat and they're thinking, oh, well, I'm actually going to have all these extra costs. Now they're looking at HMOs as well. So there's lots of demand still, I think.
1: But um, so just to summarise this deal, so it was a, a motivated student property and you, you've always taken it and you repurposed it for a different type of tenant, a young professional. I love what you said about trying to be the best young professional share in chess. That's a great attitude to take. And we, we don't want to compete on price. We're going to compete on service and so try and be the best. Yeah. You got a right to buy this thing at three hundred and fifty thousand, and that was probably slight down valuation because it wasn't in great condition. Um, you know, if you're making it a ten bed, giving you on a five hundred a month, that that's that could be a five hundred valuation. So although you're buying at three fifty, you know it could be easily worth five hundred. So using the right creative finance, you might be able to buy that with very little of your own money. Uh, and over the five years, you're making what fourteen hundred a month. That's close to what, uh, maybe 17 and a half, 18,000 a year, maybe 16, 17 and a half a year. So that's, I don't know, 85,000 over the year in five years in profit. So 85,000 in profit. Again, you could actually use that if you want an account, that towards a deposit. If you Uh, You're
0: right there, and that was the beauty about this uh, this deal, and obviously all purchase lease options, where you don't need the upfront costs of the stamp duty and having to find huge deposits, uh, but you are benefiting from the rental income as if you know that profit margin as if you own it. Um, so that is, you know, a huge, uh, a huge advantage. And as you say there, you've got the choice and that's something we do as well. Working with our investors is, you know, you put the money aside and then you've, yep. you've got that money there ready for the equity or to pay the investors. Well, so.
1: And, and something I want to ask you, Michelle, and, and you can start asking me questions in a minute if you want, but so I want to ask you is, is I know obviously you've, you've done some training with us. You've learned all about purchase these options, but, and all the other strategies we do, but, um, when you were doing winter to Rent, and that's kind of how you start, how many people start, which is great, did did you ever think people would do something like an option?
0: Well, first of all, I didn't even know, uh, you know, that this was, you know, an option in itself. It didn't, I didn't even yeah. know to ask, so that was the beginning. And then once I understood, um, you know, there was a lot of talk of, oh, they're really difficult to find, and it's like trying to find hen's teeth, you know. But actually it's just a numbers game it's just asking and just, it doesn't work for everyone but if you don't ask you don't get um yeah. and you know recently i've just had funny actually because i haven't sent landlord letters out in quite a while because we've been busy and we've had enough deals coming through and I had a phone call the other day and someone said oh i've got your letter here um and just wondering whether you know you would be interested in uh you know in some sort of arrangement like guaranteed rent and i said well to be honest we don't do just the guaranteed rent anymore we'd only do it with the option to buy and he said okay well maybe we can talk about that you know yeah. just raising the question who, and now- who
1: would have thought land or letters would work eh? <laughs> I
0: know, right and, and who would have
1: thought asking them, yeah. So, here's a, if anyone is doing rent to rent you just say if they agree to rent to rent in principle say and, and by the way would you be interested in selling that property in in that time if i like it and if they say yes that's fundamentally an option you've got. You just need to negotiate around the terms.
0: Yeah, and I know it's for people who think, um, or oh, they're not sure how to do it, and it's that fear of the unknown, how you get the solicitors involved and how you kind of draw it up. But, you know, that's their job. You find a solicitor who knows what they're doing, specialists yeah. in purchase these options they do them all day long and you, you leave it to them to kind of put that together you obviously give them all of the details and check everything but um you know once you're working with specialists then it's a lot easier because they can uh they can explain it to the vendors as well which is what happened in my case i referred uh you know the vendor to a couple of solicitors and said you know yes. with some people and they I think that you know that helps as well and Remember, options—they, uh, you know—they're used all the time in commercial worlds. It's just slowly trickling through into residential, isn't it? Yeah.
1: And you make a really good point that, uh, first of all, we have to use solicitors. We want to make sure that the sellers are are fully aware of what's going on. We're not trying to pull the wool over anyone's eyes. We want the solicitor to explain it to them and say, look, this is what you're signing up for. But the solicitor has to understand it. And I think sometimes people speak to their solicitor, often their family, who's never heard of this. Oh, I I don't know if that's right. And in law school, I think they teach people. This is what you do, guys. If anyone talks about something you don't understand, just say, oh, no, it sounds illegal to me. And that's the standard. I'm joking a little bit, obviously, but that's the answer <laughs> that lots of listeners give. Um, but you've got to have the right team who get it. But but when, when you have the right team together, and you've got the right circumstance, it can be amazing. So, Michelle, thanks so much for sharing your case study with us. That's awesome. Thank you.
0: Yeah, No, it's a, it, it's a whole other world, I think, you know, as you say, Simon, you don't know what you don't know. And just by being part of the property ed- education world and investing in yourself, you, you know, you're not just investing your time and resources, but you've got education that, you know, you've got for a lifetime. And that's so important. And for some people who are just, you know, they're in the day job um, and for whatever reason, they're too busy or they haven't got the time or energy to look at anything else. You know, it's sad, but they're the people who are going to be more at risk and suffer from, you know, the turbulence of (laughs) life and and the economy. Whereas if, you know, people like us are proactive. We're actively looking for uh, ways to improve our financial situation. And then, you know, at the same time, helping other people and um, and working with landlords as well. So offering. I think, their- it, I think it's
1: often a question of sometimes self-belief people might, people might be watching your solicitors listening to this and saying, Oh, it's all right for you, Michelle, you've been investing for years and years, you know what you're doing, et cetera. And you have, and you, you're really experienced and you know this stuff, but, but I, I believe that once you know how to do it, if you have an open mind and you're willing to accept that maybe things aren't quite the way you've been taught to do things traditionally. And there might be different alternative ways of doing things. You have that open mind, first of all, and you're teachable and coachable and you'll listen and then just go out and implement and try things rather than assuming things will or won't work. Well, if someone's teaching you, they're probably doing it because it works. A bit like land or lettuce, really. You just need to learn how to do it correctly. Get out, do them be persistent and be patient things don't always happen straight away and i think sometimes michelle people if they don't get results straight away they're very impatient that no, doesn't work they just they haven't given it long enough they haven't tried it properly um but if you follow the process this stuff just works um and, and anyone who's listening to this who has maybe been listening to podcasts and watching videos for what seems like a long time and not done anything yet Put a stake in the ground. I do believe the next 12 to 24 months are going to be such an amazing time because there are going to be so many more landlords wanting to retire, wanting to set up. And whether it's vendor finance, purchase, or whatever it is, there's going to be opportunity here. So now is the time to, to invest in yourself, to take that step forward and actually start doing something. And even if you've been investing for a long time, you've been doing HMO service accommodation. If you've not done an option you are missing out and i even people who think they know about options if you haven't done one yet i suggest you probably don't know enough otherwise you would have done one
0: yeah, that's the great thing about options is that they can be applied to any strategy, pretty much. So Absolutely. it is yeah. really important to have that in your toolkit. And
1: you know, um, options, options are not, I, I refer to it as a strategy. It's not really a strategy, it's a tool. Yeah. It's a tool you can use with single lets, with HMOs, with service combination, with commercial to residential commercial properties, you said like options really come from the world of commercial property. And and you know, if I if I lost everything and had to start again, Michelle i would just do options because mm-hmm. you don't need to get mortgages you don't need big deposits and they're very very profitable deals and, and on, on that option you, you put some money in but you know you've what 30 35 million in with all the costs and things and you're making 1400 a month that's pretty much a 50 percent return on investment
0: i, I mean, you buy it? it as well so yeah
1: and, and he bought it for someone else so so it's, it's an infinite return for you because it's not even your money
0: yeah absolutely so, so- where can people, uh, obviously, where do people start? You've got your training. Do you want to tell us a bit about that?
1: Yeah, well, obviously, people should read Property Magic. Yes. If they haven't read that, they should listen to it. And I think uh, you send a, a, a copy out with most people who subscribe to YPN Magazine anyway. So sometimes when things are free, they don't value it. So you might have got a free copy, then make sure you go and read it. I've had people who said, yeah, I've had that on my bookshelf for years, and I've read it, and it's amazing. And I think, oh, I might have read it sooner? And it's, guess what? Because they didn't pay for it, they didn't value it. You know, so so go and read that for a start. Um, We we have some we have lots of training, as you know, our mastermind program. People cannot just join mastermind because we want to make sure we get the right people and maintain our very good track record. But there are lots of things we do, such as we have various home study courses, people who are not quite ready for commitment like mastermind because it is a time and financial commitment. A recommendation would be, hey, come and do one of our courses about HMOs or about service accommodation or about purchase lease options. And and, where you do lots of free training webinars, you can find out about it and you make a decision and we have money back guarantees and things. And when we do our home studies, they're slightly different because rather than just giving you a course you get on with, We bring them out at certain times of the year, which is typically when our mastermind students who once you're on mastermind, you get everything included anyway. When they're going through it, we open it up to people who are not on mastermind. They can pay, you know, a couple of thousand pounds normally come and do that training at the same time. So they get to connect with all our masterminders. And although it's a home study course you study at home, you're not doing it on your own. And and the, the, the benefit of learning at the same time with other people, you get this network learning effect. And what that means is, that um you get inspired by you know even if you're having a bad time with someone else, oh they're doing it oh maybe it is but maybe i can it helps build your belief it encourages you to move on so that's the way we do all of our home study courses and we've got um depending on when people listen to this but we're going to be doing a webinar so i'm sure we can put a link in the show yeah. notes to just come and find out and i'll probably talk about your your now you've <laughs> shared this with me Michelle, i'll probably put that into the training uh, a bit more about your case study but um we've got so many students have used these options and you can Use them with any strategy anywhere in anywhere. The only place you can't use options right now, just be really clear, you can't do it in Scotland. Unfortunately, all of our Scottish listeners, I'm sorry, uh, it doesn't work there. You can use what's called an EDC, an exchange with delayed completion, which is not the same, but it's very similar to an option, has many similar benefits. There are a few key differences. Um, and actually, I'm I'm actually writing a book and i'm trying to campaign with the scottish law society to get them to understand that these in the right circumstances can be really good things so i'm i'm personally trying to champion it for all our scottish investors and say, come on guys let's start doing this and help people in the right circumstance but more about that later on maybe but maybe we can put a link to some some training a free webinar in, in the show notes or below yeah, the yeah absolutely
0: yeah we can uh people can, can check that out it's you know it's so important that you just look at doing something different and uh and you know to kind of wrap up simon let's give some people you know some uh some more advice just on how they can kind of um how they can deal with the next couple of months you know the next six okay in those months because you know it cu- it could be really difficult times and certainly yeah. um a lot of anxiety about what to do so how do and, you- and that's, and that's com- completely understand so
1: here, here's what you can do to kind of recession proof yourself is my view. First of all, if you've got properties, investment properties, obviously one of the risks is increasing interest rates. Uh, I would suggest you speak to a mortgage broker who's got access to the full market. Look at your properties. You might decide you wanna fix some of your mortgages. Obviously, if you plan to sell a property or refinance, be careful not to fix because you'll have penalties. So if you want to refinance, you might refinance as part of that remortgage. Take out some cash if you want to be buying more, but fix your interest. So, so looking at your interest rates is one thing. Um, also, when it comes to energy bills, if you've got SA or HMOs, you know, talk to your tenants, get them to understand that costs are going up. Um, if you've not raised your rents, by the way, and this is for any properties you might have, maybe go into a bit of a market review. Rents have gone up massively over the last year or two, uh, even as much as 20% in some areas, there's a very good chance if you're an existing landlord, you know, and you've not put your rents up, you are undercharging right now. And obviously you need to make sure it's affordable. There's certainly a certain amount people can afford to pay in rents, but I would have thought at least the 5% rent increase is very reasonable given that everyone knows the cost of living has gone up 10%. So that's, that. I mean, that, that one thing alone, changing your rents and upping them a bit, could be worth a lot of money. Now, if you put them up too much and the tenant moves out, there are costs associated with that. So you've got to, it's gotta be balanced. They've got good tenants. I've often left my rents where they are because I've got good tenants, I like them, and I've not raised them for years and years. But I am now going back to saying, guys, come on, we, we need to bring the rents up. So that's another way of increasing your cash flow. Um talking to tenants, uh, make sure they're being energy efficient if you can, make sure you're using strategies that do give you really good cash flow, such as service accommodation, such as HMO. So you've got a buffer there in case there are unexpected costs like energy bills to make sure you can always afford to cover everything. Um, And I think maybe diversification as well. You know, don't put all your eggs into one basket is something good you should do. Um, I, I do think that, Thinking about strategies going forward, I do think HMOs, apart from the energy problem, I think they're pretty good because if people are having tough times and they have to tighten their belts, they might not want to live on their own in an apartment where they've got to pay the rent and the bills. Living in a shared community might be far more cost effective. So I think actually in difficult times, demand for HMO goes up. Um, There is an oversupply of HMOs, as you said earlier, Michelle, so you've got to make sure it's really good, high end HMOs and you attract a, a better, more discerning tenant who's prepared to pay more and can afford to pay more and they'll appreciate the nice property you're providing. I also think service accommodation, when done correctly, is also a huge opportunity because think about this as a landlord we have people staying very short term they're getting much higher rents now it's not full all the time you want to aim for about 70% occupancy uh, it's got to work at 50% it's got to make money at 50% otherwise it's not doesn't work don't do the deal but you know as as the cost of going overseas increases with the cost of you know jet fuel and and airline tickets is really expensive these days if you're staying in hotels they're really expensive and you know even when times are hard people still need to take a break This they still want to get away and i think staycations where people are staying in the same country but staying in something like an airbnb or short-term net or service accommodation unit i think they're just going to become more and more popular uh, it's cost effective you know you might get a, a couple of groups of friends who come together stay in a place far more cost effective than each getting their own hotel rooms um and i think that's going to be a really booming market so hmos High cash flow, service accommodation, high cash flow. I think those are some of the strategies, in my view, that are probably kind of recession-proof. Well, what's your view on that?
0: Uh, yeah, I think so. I think um, anything where you've got that cash flow coming in rather than kind of, uh, you know, like long, big, long projects that, you know, you're not sure what the market's going to be like in a couple of years. Yeah. Sure. But, um, Simon, just to, you know, finally, what about people's mindset then? So you talk about strategies there, but... How can people make sure that they are, you know, in a really resourceful place, that they are on top form, they are, you know, on game.
1: That's, ready. A, that's a great question, Michelle. And, and I believe that mindset is 80% of your success. I know a lot of people, you and I know people who, who kind of know what to do, but they just fail to do it. And, and that's because, hey, guess what? Fear kicks in, which is totally understandable, uncertainty, and, and I get it all. But we've got to be very careful not to allow the external worlds to have a detrimental effect on our minds. And so there are a couple of active things you can do. Stop listening to the news. Um, I know you, you might need to check in occasionally to find out what's going on. And, and I've watched more recently than I have ever before. But I, I've always got this view that if something really important happens, someone's going to tell me, right? So, so try to make sure you're not listening to the news too much. Um, and even just the radio. And, and be careful not taking other people's opinions in. It's amazing how many people... Will listen to their family and friends about should or should they be investing in property and they everyone's got an opinion, but they might actually have any property. So you want to listen to people who've done what you have done, who've achieved the results you want to do. They're the people you should be listening to. Um. And, and you know, getting opinion from property multimillionaires rather than your, your family member who says, oh, I don't think you should do me, be doing property now. It's very risky. And they're right. Property is risky, especially if you don't educate yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think the final thing is get yourself around like minded people. You know, um, if you're seeing other people like you who are doing what you want, that builds your belief that, yes, well, there are some challenges right now, but of course it's possible. And just to relate back, you know, I think there are going to be many people who are literally running for the hills, scared with fear, quite rightly, because what's going on or what's going to happen in the next six to 12 months. But when you have that uncertainty, you have that panic, that's the time to to I think it was. um, uh, What's his name? Um, The Warren Buffett, I think he has the expression to observe the masses and, 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 and do the opposite, basically if everyone else is panicking because back in 2009 the last recession lots of people were throwing their keys in on property losing everything some of us who were educated and and in the right kind of mindset and supporting each other it's one of the best times to buy Uh, and i believe in a few years time michelle people are going to look back at what's happening now and recognize them from challenging times but they're also going to say you know what it was, it was probably a really good time to buy. They're either going to be patting themselves on the back because they, they got the training, they got the right mindset, they got out there, they took action, they did it, or they're going to be kicking themselves in the shin saying, you know what, I can't believe I've missed out again. Yeah. And they're going to have to wait another 10 years for someone like this to happen. So my final thing is, guys, although it's quite scary at the moment what's happening, um, there is hope, there is a way you just got to get yourself around the right people and and just take action get out there and do it
0: yeah absolutely you you become like the people you spend time with as well so just as you say you know you've got to set yourself up to success. So find people who are already doing that, how they're doing it, copy them and just stay in that environment. I think the community is going to be so, so important this year for uh, for a lot of people. Yeah. So stay plugged into the right community, the ones that are inspiring and empowering and people who are finding solutions to all these problems. Yeah. And, and just, even
1: if people are in property, you know, some people have been in property a long, long time. That doesn't mean they know everything. I've been doing this 27 years. I don't know everything. I'm learning all the time. But sometimes people, especially on the forums, are very opinionated about what you can and can't do. And they're talking from their experience, which is fair enough, but they just don't know. And, and one thing I'd like to leave everyone is that this saying, and I'm sure you've heard me say this before, but I want like to think about this and write this down. And If you can embrace what I'm about to tell you, I promise you, you're going to be far more open minded. You're going to be far more successful. And the saying is, I don't know what I don't know. And once you realize that you don't know what you don't know, that's when true enlightenment can happen. Because if you think you know everything, you're in a very dangerous place.
0: Yeah, watch out for those blind spots, for sure. Yeah, that's right. Great. Okay, well, I think that's a good place to wrap up. So uh, thank you so much, Simon, for your time. We're going to put all of those links in the show notes. So I encourage everyone to go and check those out. And um, yeah, like, like, let's watch this space, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. We, we should come back in a year, Michelle, and, and do a, <laughs> do an update. What's actually happened? You know, were we talking complete rubbish or, or, or was it actually a huge opportunity? So maybe we should do that. But thanks for listening, everyone. And, uh, and the other thing is, as well as Property Magic, obviously, just go and check out your local PIN meetings as well, because it's yeah. a great place to connect with other like-minded people. Right, Michelle?
0: absolutely if you're in the northwest come and find us at the chesterpin meeting we're on the second thursday of the month and if it's your free first meeting then use the voucher code MC, M for Michelle and C for Cairns and you get your free first ticket. So, And
1: by the way, you can use that at the Chester pin or you can yes. use that at any of the pins around the country. So I think we're going to see lots of MCs popping up. All
0: <laughs> yeah, thanks. for Coming
1: to their pin meetings for the first time. So guys, you know, you, you've got to invest in yourself and that's not just money, that's time as well. If you want to change your life, you, the change has to start with you it, if you do everything that you've always done you'll get the same results you've always had right if you always do what you've always got you, if you always if you always do what you've always done you, you'll get what we've always got as tony robbins saying but you need to step out do things a bit different and and plug into a new environment and you know if you've not got yourself to a pin meeting yet well shame on you but take the opportunity to come as michelle's guest yeah. and come free of charge and um if you've been to a pin meeting you know how good they are Come and book yourself in. Plug back in. Get that support environment, and let's help you on your property journey. So, Michelle, thank you so much, and thank thanks you, Simon. To everyone. And I just encourage everyone to obviously. Invest with knowledge, invest with skill.
0: Over to you, Michelle. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Simon. Take care. And for anyone who is not yet a subscriber to the magazine, please click the link in the show notes for your free 30 day trial. And you'll find all about these, all of these strategies, and really important, all about that community and the network as well. So until next time, guys, take care. Bye bye.